You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. Hunter's Advantage podcast number 66. Taylor Smith of Outdoor Defiance. How's it going, man? How'd your uh, duck hunting trapping duty uh, go today? Not too good today. No? To be honest, no. Uh, uh, the big pond, the flood control we had, uh, froze over last night. We cut a hole early, uh, about five minutes before shooting light, normally how it goes. They all came in and left. And and then I uh, just, I was really surprised on our trap line. I figured, uh, Right after this freeze, you know, and all the snow, they would really move. And yesterday night, I was driving around and I saw a few coyotes and stuff. So I figured we'd have some good luck, but it was bad. We got skunked on uh, trapping, but we killed like eight or nine birds today. So we didn't do too bad, but definitely get the limit out like we normally do. Yeah, not what you're hoping. Do you guys ever run an ice eater? Uh, we've always thought about it, but then in the back of our minds, we're like, there's years that we won't need it. So yeah investment time or over how much we're going to use it kind of doesn't make sense right now yeah my buddy peyton bought one he went and spent like 800 dollars on an ice eater because there was gosh when we were in high school like 2013 through like 15 it seemed like every year it's like dude it's like half the season is ice like if we get an ice eater we'll be able to hunt so much dude he never used it never used it Mm -mm. no he bought it and then it never like froze again and we're like oh damn dude so he just sold it yeah, I remember when we, I mean, I was in high school about the same time you were. I graduated in 14. When did you graduate? 15. 15? Yeah. And I remember, you know, four, five inches of ice and cutting it with chainsaws and stuff. And But it's weird yeah. how stuff has changed over the last few years. I mean, duck, duck hunting overall has changed. So How's that? Just... I don't know. I don't want to say it's a fad now, but it's hard not to say it. It's not a fad, and that, you no. Know, back in the day, we if we if we knew the person, we can go on their land and hunt. Now you gotta, you gotta. I mean, double check, and a lot of these people leased out to all these guides, and that's a whole different story when it comes to guides in Oklahoma. It's uh, kind of a big issue, but there's tons of them. So everyone's yeah. fighting for birds. Right, yeah, dude. I can't get permission, like. People ask me to take them duck hunting and stuff. I'm like, I don't have permission on a single place to duck yeah. hunt. We used to have permission on dozens of places to duck hunt. It wasn't like, it was like, which one are we going to? We have so yeah. many different spots we can go duck hunt. Nah, not now. People are scared with like liability or like people are offering them money to hunt, like you're saying with yeah. guides and stuff. $100, $125 a gun is not common or is common around here. Sorry. Yeah. No, so. for real. And like a bunch of the people we were able to hunt on were like older folks and. Yeah. Um, they sold their stuff. Like a lot of them sold them like to bigger ranch outfits. And like, I remember our best spot, uh, got sold to this ranch. We're like, can we hunt? Like, you know, like, Oh no, we don't want you shooting cows. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to kill a cow with a shotgun. (laughs) And if I do, I will buy it. I swear. Um, um, and they were like, we're never going to let anybody hunt on this place. So there's all these good duck hunting places that are just like filled with cows. And it's like, damn, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, back in the day, the guys would come by and wave. They didn't ever care. And when we'd go afterwards to the coffee shop in town, or they would just want to talk to us about it and or tell, ask us why we didn't go to this other pond because they've been seeing more there. And now yeah. it's, it's a tough world to get permission in. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a money game, too. I mean, oh, dude, these, absolutely. these outfitters, like, um, I've went with a couple of them, like yeah. around Enid and. I'm like, how much permission do you guys have? They're like, oh, about 40,000 acres is what we have, like, yeah. leased up. And I'm like, dude, dear God. I'm well, like, the thing is, though, so uh, in high school, me and some buddies kind of did it for about three years. And, outfitting? Uh, guiding. I don't know. Yeah. Outfitting, I don't know really what you want to call it. But uh, mm-hmm. we just, it wasn't, like, overnight. Like, we didn't do any of the lodging. They could get a hotel if they wanted. 
And, uh, you know, I could, I could tell you how many thousands of acres we had, but the deal is, is they're going to these farmers and saying, Hey, we'll give you hundred dollars, a gun, 10 man, uh, minimum. So the farmer's like, man, in one day I'm making a thousand dollars off this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so now they're calling it their lease where if me and you wanted to take 10 guys for a hundred dollars, we can go get it too. Right. Everyone's like, Oh, we have 50,000 acres. You're like, well, how much do you actually pay for, for year round lease? Right. Yeah. There's no I'm, way they can survive off that. If yeah. they had to pay for it up front. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's weird. We've had a situation where, uh, well, it wasn't me. It was one of my buddies, Peyton. Um, they went hunting and there was like four of them. And then these guides were going and they were all going the same day and they both had permission. The guides were going and paying the farmer. The other guys had just like handshake permission. They met up and the guides were like, Hey, today you guys are clients. You guys need to act like your clients because we don't want the other people knowing that you just got permission. And so there was like 15 people out there and they shot like three, like three geese. They were taking like 80 yard shots and they were like, dude, this just sucks. Like we're having to hunt with all these dudes. Yeah. You can't hide 15 people. Yeah, I know. I've been on a couple hunts where it's kind of like that, but I have some friends that run guide companies and outfit companies, and I'll go and take pictures for them or film for them a little bit, and mm-hmm. they're like, hey, don't mention, like, you didn't pay. And I'm like, all right, man. I'm just That's a cameraman. Fine. Yeah. So, why would I pay you? Yeah. <laughs> that makes <laughs> no sense. <laughs> I know. It's. But, uh, yeah, it's a uh, – overall, Duck Hunting in Oklahoma this year has been hard, too. Just I've been hot. Haven't had a big push. Last four days, I've probably seen the most birds I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. So that's better. exciting. We got the wrong, we got the wrong weather front for deer season. It's like I I had been waiting to go hunting with my dad and brother on like an outfitted deer hunt. Like I bought yeah. them like last Christmas, and the whole week, first week of December, it was like mid seventies, lows like yep. high fifties. Yep. And now we're it finally getting weather. So I went to Destin, Florida uh, for a little vacation, and it was hotter in Oklahoma than it was in Florida. That's so frustrating. Like, it was miserable to be even sitting on the beach down there. Really? uh, Yeah. And we did the polar plunge every night at, like, midnight. That's, like, the highlight of the trip every night. And But, man, it was – you'd pull up here and just see those 75, 80, and down there you're sitting in 50-degree weather, and you're like, man, this is backwards. Yeah, no, seriously. It's funny. I was watching you in a Gunner's Whitetail Crib episode today. Yeah. You guys have shot some good bucks, man. I was I was looking over all those. You guys had some good times. Yeah, we uh that old deal, man, I didn't even get the take. I have five deer sitting out uh with capped, ready to be mounted, but uh I just like when people like when I since I do it for a hobby, you know, people bring it to me or bring a deer to me and I'm like, I want this. I'm like, okay, and I do it. Well, it's my deer. I'm like, man, do I really want it that way? Or, and mm-hmm. what in my house? I'm running out of space where I am now, and uh, I'm like, man, I have six deer, or five deer, and including this one that's up. I'm like, where are they gonna go? You have five skull caps that like you have of your own deer. Yeah. Wow. My uh, my biggest claim to fame is that the 199 inch on typical that I have, and it's. That's a hard decision, man. Like, I'll put them up and I'll turn them. I'm like, nah. And I'm like, oh, that's the one. And then I'll put it up. And, you know, this time, that time, I'm like, oh, that way looks good. And the other way, to, it's been so hard. I just need to do it. Yeah. Well, you could always take, the, I guess, the, do you still have the original cape for that deer? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Uh, it's a ticking time bomb on, uh, I shouldn't say ticking time bomb, but it's uh, getting close that I need to use his cape so it doesn't get all freezer burnt. Yeah. No. That makes sense. So you guys just got back. Um, how long were you guys in Nebraska? So uh, Gunner was up there, or I. So we were supposed to leave on. So me and Gunner are still in uh, college, so we're waiting on finals. He was out Thursday, and another kid that was going was out Thursday at like noon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually kind of lucked out, and I had one Friday online and. My buddy Kyle, who travels for work a lot, he came back Sunday and was like, man, if you want to roll out tomorrow, he's like, let's go. So we ended up rolling out actually Tuesday morning real early, and me and him were up there for nine days. And uh, Gunner and uh, his group was up there for 
six days, maybe five days. But, uh, man, Nebraska is a tough, touchy subject, my friend. Yeah, for me too. I mean, it's really cool over the counter because you can go hunt there for like 300 bucks, which is, yeah. which is nice. And there's a plethora of public land, but, um, I, I felt like that where we were hunting had been used and abused for a long time hey, before we so, got there. So I knew we we're going over this. And, uh, when I was up there, I looked into this and, uh, cause like, I want to go somewhere where I, you know, have kind of like when I go on a trip, I'm like, where can I have a possibility I like even a 140 inch buck and bigger. Like I'm not even saying like 50, 50, that's, that's hard to get, but I'm saying, you know, even a like 2% chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, Nebraska is actually a couple of our first a couple of the people that went first time to actually be out of state hunting. So that's kind of why we chose Nebraska and it's cheap. But, uh, dude, after going up there three days in, I went from, I'm going to shoot a 120 or bigger to, Man, if it's legal, if it's the six inches or bigger, I'm taking it home. Oh my god! But, but uh, yeah. So when I we were up there, of course, I got, you know, when we got back, I just look into stuff, wondering why everyone's complaining about the deer numbers. But uh, um, how long were you up there? I think we were up there five days. Five days. Five days. Yeah, we were actually. You guys had the right idea doing the hotel route. Yeah. We were staying in the wall tent. First night we show up, 60 mile an hour winds. It's like 10 degrees. It's spitting snow. And I'm trying yeah. to get like, and it's obviously the sand hills. So when you're trying to put the tent stakes in the sand hills, yes. none of them, we were, none of them were going in. So like my tent's flying up as I'm trying to put it down. I'm like, God, this is going to be a long trip. But we were staying outside. So when we saw like the, I think it was like four to eight inches of snow forecast. Um, we had issues like getting gas. Like we had to drive like 40 miles to like get gas and fill up. I'm like, this is not where we want to get stuck. So we loaded up before that and headed out after like four or five days, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Gunner stayed in a tent. Gunner and two of our other buddies actually stayed in a tent up there and uh, they found a area that had uh, plugins. So they got, yeah. So they got two electric heaters and uh, their thermometer said it was 75 to 80 every time they woke, every morning they woke up in his tent. That's nice. I was like, you're lucky. Those plugins are nice. Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, for first out of state hunt, man, I learned a lot. So, uh, so I was looking into stuff. Of, so me and Kyle, um, I'm not speaking for Gunner and that group. I just, uh, cause I, like I said, we, Kyle's and I strategy to go up there was be mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Kyle travels. So uh, we kind of, our route kind of consisted of Hampton Inns because he has uh, points built up for them. And uh, it's like 2,000 points a night. And he could almost stay there a year for how many points he has built up. God bless. Yeah. So so that was grateful. Now, when we went to uh, Valentine, there was no Hampton. But uh, we paid for, me and him split that. But uh, so we're like, we're going to be mobile, you know, spend three, four days hunting hard area. And then uh, look at it, go drive to another area. If it looks good, put three or four days there. And, uh, man, we put 62.7 miles on foot. In that nine-day period? In nine days. uh, One day was driving, so eight days of hunting. And the only buck besides the spike is the eight-point I shot we saw. How many miles did you put in the truck scouting, do you think? We did the math. We did 2,100 miles in the state of Nebraska from when we crossed uh, Kansas into Nebraska, 2,100 miles. And you only, even driving all through all the roads, the only thing you saw was the one spike um, in the one eight. Off the highway, when it snowed, we saw probably a 120, 130-inch mule deer. Yeah. But uh, other than that, that's all we saw, buck-wise. It, it's, uh, like I said, very hard trip. If someone wants to do it, um, if, if you can put in for out anywhere for, you know, put in draw, uh, do that. And then if you don't get draw, maybe go to Nebraska, but I would not go up there unless maybe early archery, early archery might be really fun. Yeah. But, uh, season. So, uh, but yeah, that's the only bucks we saw. Um, we saw a group of 16 
let me take that back. I uh, fib to you. We saw two bucks on a group of about 20 does, uh, two mule deer bucks, and they weren't I mean they weren't anything special. Uh, that was on private, private, and then on public we saw 18 does together in one spike with them. That mm-hmm. day, that was the second day there, and that's when I was like, all right, this place has been absolutely hammered. And uh, you know that day we walked 15 miles. It's up in Scotts Bluff. Uh, but Carter Canyon and uh, we walked 15 miles and uh, that's when the first snow came and uh, that's like straight back we're not talking about walking roads we walked 15 miles so it's probably about you know uh, probably six miles back and we kind of spent a couple miles going different directions and then then six miles back to the truck and uh, that's when we set up and uh, we saw that spike and uh, it was like a 225-yard shot, getting close to dark. And uh, Kyle and me to sit there. And I was like, man, this is the only buck we sh- we've seen. Like, we've hunted this place hard. Now, I know it's just two days of hunting, but still, man, we – I'm not a small boy, and I put the miles on myself, and I felt it. Like, every night <laughs> we're in the hot tub type of situation. And yeah. uh, he took the shot, and it is – yeah, it's a muzzleloader. 225 yards is rough, and but uh, I have the gun for it, and uh, I told him how to, you know, where to put it, and too much wind. It just pushed that big bullet way too far, and he was kind of quartered away, and it was wasn't the right conditions. But, yeah. Uh, we just, rather, we wanted something down. That's really what got to our minds. But uh, so that night, I got some numbers for you. So I was looking. I was like, man, you know, we were six miles, seven miles back. I don't remember. And uh, I find a bottle of, of spray uh, dough and heat just thrown under the cedar tree. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, not only am I not going back here and not seeing old footprints, now I'm finding all this trash. Like, how many people have been back here? But, uh, dude, did you know this year alone in Nebraska, they sold 100? And I pulled this off their website. Off their, oh, God. Nebraska I don't know if I want to hear this. Damon Parks. <laughs> Between youth youth hunting, rifle season, muzzleloader, archery, and landowner, 130,000 tags. Mm. 2019, they killed 43,000 deer. 2020, there's a 3% decrease at 42-something thousand. And I was like, holy, you know, like, that's when I kind of was like, man, this trip's going to be a little harder. And I thought, because that's not even half yeah. of what they sell getting harvested dude we saw so many out-of-state people there too that nice. had the exact same idea it's like dude it's nebraska there's got to be deer all over the place yeah. like it's spot and stock it's wide open like you'll be able to see them it is so depressing looking and being able to see like eight to ten miles i mean like i see yeah. nothing alive yes this oh, is depressing yeah we were hunting up there uh we saw a lot of prairie chickens too no grouse it was grouse. Sorry, they were everywhere up in the sand hills. But uh, but then uh, we were talking to some people, and I guess in 2012 and 2013. Uh, so 2012, they got hit the hardest, the second hardest in state history with EHD in the whole state. And in 2013, they got hit again, but it wasn't near as bad. And then uh, a couple guys were telling us that uh, CWD's been in and out of those units for the last five or six years, also. Really? So, looking at those numbers, I mean, archery, over-the-counter archery, and muzzleloader alone was like 26,000 permits. And then uh, rifle, like over-the-counter for all public land, I forget. It was its majority of that number. But I was like, man, between that and those diseases, no wonder why we're not seeing deer like there's nothing the supply chain can't keep going. Mm-hmm. They're just getting hammered. And people do what I did. I saw an eight point in Oklahoma. I watched deer like that every day I hunt almost. And I saw that deer and I looked at Kyle and I said, He's not walking away from me, buddy. Yeah. So but that was a hunt that we went fifty five mile fifty five point three miles for that deer. Is really? like overall on the foot before I shot him. And that's yeah, pretty what's, neat. What? What's the story on that buck? So uh, it was day day eight of our trip. No, 
Yeah, day eight of our trip. And uh, we were after mule deer. I mean, me and Kyle never shot mule deer, never been out of state. So we were like, you know, let's let's target mule deer. And uh, day eight hit, and I, I was like, Kyle, I was like, when we get on, when we see these deer, we're literally watching the border of private, and they're jumping onto public. That's the only place, and that's the only place Gunner and them are finding deer, is you'd go find the thick stuff on private, and mm-hmm. then they'd come up in the morning and jump. And when they jump that fence on a public, dude, you know a deer, when it jumps a fence and it just starts running, and then if it came the other way, it'd come running and the jump fence start walking, that tells you something right there alone. They know what they're going into. Yeah, like, that's, so day eight, I, I, me and Kyle were talking, he's like, well, you're, it's your turn to shoot, what do you want? And I was like, man, I said, uh, I can tell you whitetail tastes better than a tag soup. I said, we, I was like, there's one thing me and you know about. And I was like, that's whitetail. I said, uh, the back, back far unit of this corner drops down to a river bottom. And I was like, come on. I was like, me and you see that back home. We're drooling over it for mm-hmm. whitetail. And he's like, all right. So we packed back there. And the first spot we hit, um, there was like, it was hammered. Like there was footprints. I was like, I'm, he was like, you want to sit here? And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, this place has been hammered. I was like, we got to find somewhere where it hasn't been hammered. Even if it's a tiny little area, I was like, I, I, I was like, I think that you're going to be there. And he's like, all right. So we walked and uh, we met this fence borderline, which uh, the area we're at is 90,000 acres. And uh, they had it fenced off for like the farmers and ranchers. They lease it out during the summer. So we hit a spot and he was like, hey, if we walk straight down this, we can get to the road and hit the truck and go somewhere else. And I was like, man, we're four miles back here. And I was like, I am not going to end it right now. I was like, it's two o'clock. We're not going to be able to make it to the truck and go somewhere else and have a good hunt. I was like, let's just keep going. I was like, I'm pretty sure when I was looking on Onyx, we sat there and ate a little snack and old multi-grain bar and other stuff for rabbits. You know, I was, I, that's another thing I learned that pack in food is not meant for me either, but yeah, uh, so we ate some jerky and all that, and uh, I looked on Onyx, and I could tell, you know, on there that the next half mile, there's another drop-off that was down to that river bottom. We go over there and get set down, and it's about 30 minutes in, and we both start just cracking jokes, and we're laughing, trying to burn some time. And uh, I look up, and here come two does, and I was like, and we're on a side hill. Like, we cannot move. These things would have pinpointed us. And so I was like, don't move. I was like, deer. And he thought I was joking. He's like, ah, oh, good one, you know. And I was like, don't move. There's really some deer. So he, like, we all sunk back down to the hill. And uh, these two does came running out. And uh, they hit that private land. I'm telling you, like, dude, they jumped that fence. And they're like, Shoof! and we're like, okay. Right behind them, two bucks. And uh, well, the bucks come out. And uh, it was that eight point and then a spike. Well, they kind of like sparred around and then they kind of took off in that direction. And uh, the we had the wind, I mean, it was perfect in our face. And uh, they were actually, we were south of them. No, they were south of us. And uh, the wind was blowing to the north. So, uh, I mean, and they were headed uh, east. Yeah, my directions up there were crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they went over the hill and we pulled up Onyx real quick and I was like, Hey, we just need to look and kind of see what hill these hills look like. So we don't pop over a little hill and they're on one of these bigger hills and spot us. And so we get about 30 seconds in there and we get a plan and we take the biggest hill route kind of where they went and popped up over the hill. And, and, uh, I mean, as soon as I could see the bottom of the hill, I grabbed Kyle and I said, get down. And there, there was does. And uh, that was at 200, and 65 yards and uh he's like well, what do we do now and i was like oh, there's no way i was like and i'm not even going to get to 250 which is my borderline and even shoot this shot i was like no way and uh so i i actually uh, told him to stay up there and video me or i told him to video me but uh, i didn't tell him how to teach my how to run my camera <laughs> I, I gave him my camera i said here's my camera and i tossed it to him and he is the moment, you know, type of deal. But I went down the hill and uh, I kind of saw where they're going. And uh, 
I'm the wind was probably like five to ten. And I promise you, when I got down that hill, that wind went nothing. And I was like, oh great. This grass is knee high. It's crunchy. I have big boots on. Like this is gonna get harder. So I actually uh, took my boots off. And uh, when I made it to the bottom of this little hill, and it, these two hills, I kind of made like a washout, kind of like this. And uh, they were just on the other side of it, so I belly crawled up that. And right as I get to the top, um, I didn't get any service, so of course I didn't get any Kyle's messages. And right as I get to the top, um, I look kind of to my left, and there's this two does that have that they don't know where what I am, but they heard that grass move, and they had me pinned, like pinned down. And uh, so I just had to lay there, and my hand was like, it's like holding my head up, you know, like this. I was trying not to move, and I could just barely see them through that grass. Well, finally, they kind of went back to their own thing, and one actually bedded down. So I needed about mm, probably about two foot to finish to crest that hill and look right where those deer were coming. And uh, I mean, I was like pushing with my feet, pulling with my arms, and keeping my face as low as I could. And I uh, would pull up my gun, you know, and I got up to the top and there was that grass was so thick. There's one little shooting lane and there's that tree that I remember those does headed towards. And I uh, couldn't get my range, couldn't get my range. And I decided to like pop up over this grass and to get my range. And it said 125. And I was like, all right, that's all I needed to know. And I eased back down and those does are kind of like, what's going on? And they kind of stood up and started working left trying to you know they didn't know what was going on didn't obviously didn't feel like I was too much of a threat because they just kept walking and eating and all of a sudden those two does came busting through this little draw and and, uh, at that point I didn't I didn't care what buck I shot I just wanted something down Uh, me and Kyle worked and worked and worked for that and and, uh, I just see this buck come in my scope it's through my shooting lane he's dogging the doe and uh, I just waited, and he just kind of quartered away from me. I pulled that trigger, and the smoke went up, and I just heard the loudest slap. And I knew it. I knew I, sh- you know, got a good shot. But man, I've shot. I mean, I've shot plenty of deer growing up. When I shot, and that smoke cleared, this buck was still dogging those does. What? On him, like nothing hit him. And I was like, dude, I'm shooting 100 grains. Uh, powder 245 you know grain bullet i'm like dude like did i hit the tree you know so i start reloading and uh i get all packed down there get back up on him and so we use the thompson center on course mm-hmm. uh, we got some we have some trigger jobs done to him and, and that i don't use them unless it's muzzleloader season and uh so i mean they're real light they're right at whatever legal is and uh, so I always forget, and I always put my finger, just hair on the trigger, you know, to get on a, on those. I I always tell myself not to. Well, my heart was pumping, I was shaking. Put my hair, put my finger on the trigger, boom, and I missed him. Of course, I wasn't even on him. I was like, oh great. So I go to reload again, and he's like just standing there, just looking around at this point, like what was that? And then all of a sudden, you just see his legs start getting wobbly, his body getting wobbly, and he just falls, like. Two, three minutes after I shot. What? Where, where'd you end up hitting him? So I hit him on the fourth rib back, and it went out his other shoulder up up in front of it. And just he just stood the there. Rock. Yeah. Just act like nothing hit him. Chase that doe for 10, 15 yards in a circle. I really dislike muzzleloaders. Oh. I, I hate them, to be you honest with you. any of my friends around here. Man, I uh, shot that 199-inch that non-typical one year and uh, I shot him and I was like, never again. I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to top this deer with a muzzleloader. And second of all, the years before that, dude, I've missed some of the biggest deer in my life with the muzzleloader in my hand. Just, I don't understand them. Like I can get a rifle, sit there, shoot, you know, five times, whole soft, big as softball on a tripod. I can put, my muzzleloader in a shooting, you know, the shooting uh, benches and there, the weights and all that, the Caldwell, sit there and shoot and one way here, shoot again, one hit here, shoot again. You're like, dude, you know, in every third shot, you got to clean them. And then they say they shoot better after the first shot. And 
I've never got them. My dad loves them. I not me. Hate muzzleloaders. I have the Thompson Center Impact. I think it's like the yeah. it's a fairly cheap one, but uh, I've seen I've heard of people like blowing the breech plug out of the back of one yeah. of them. I've heard one of my uncle's good friends blew his thumb like half of his thumb off with a muzzleloader wow. trying to clean. I was like, and the fact that they stay loaded unless you shoot the motherfucker. I can't yeah. stand that like either. And I just I just really dislike them. They're not uh, accurate. Like. Even the nice ones. I, I don't like it. I, even if someone gave me a nice one, I wouldn't hunt with it. Yeah. I, I just don't enjoy it. We have nice ones. The one, one of ours has like a custom barrel on it. And that's the one I had. And even like my dad can shoot them and he's so accurate with them. But me, I, dude, I hate them things. Yeah. Well, I had a, uh, I don't appreciate the range on it. You're talking about like 250 um, yeah. max for you. Um, we were doing some of the ballistics. We were reading some of the Hornady ballistics charts on the way up there. Yeah. And I think it was like 36 inches a drop at 250 yards or something yeah. like that. Yep. And, uh, I had a buck. The only buck I saw during the whole trip, 140 inch, eight heavy, big Nebraska buck. Yeah. Um, at 275 yards. I thought about it and then I started doing the calculation in my mind. I was like, all right, what's about, what, what does four foot look like over the top of this deer? And I was yeah. like, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know how, like double his body, I guess. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. I can't do it. I have the little uh, erectile lines. Uh, so I don't remember what brand it is, but once you get it zeroed in for a hundred, it's made for a muzzleloader. It goes out to 250. Mm. So, uh, I usually get it about inch high and as close as I can. And, uh, I mean that actually, when I shot that one, I was probably the most comfortable I've ever been leaving or going into somewhere with it. And, uh, that's the only reason I'll shoot it out to 250. And even at 250, it'd have to be standing still. But when you get, when you get Nebraska and you're desperate, you got, <laughs> I would have shot a spike. We oh. went out there, uh, like what you guys are talking about, like the standards like falling rapidly ours as first was like okay nice mule deer buck and then it yeah. went from nice mule deer buck to any mule deer buck yeah and then it went to nice whitetail to any whitetail yeah. then it went to i'll shoot a doe and it was yeah. like i mean so when like it was like day four or whatever for us and i saw that 140 i was like i'm thinking about shooting at 275 in any normal circumstance i wouldn't even consider yeah but right there i was like I'm thinking about it. And my uncle was like, no, no. And I was like, all right, let's both try it. Let's both aim over the top of his back and shoot. And he was like, no. And I was like, yeah, that's probably the right idea. But yeah, Gunner, Gunner is actually on a good three by three. And uh, he was on him for three days. And it was like, it says borderline private and public. But every time they had a shot is on private. And, and then uh, one time they popped over a hill in the, they said it was a little dune, you know, like those little rolling hills between the big ones. And uh, they popped over it. And uh, this next one, they started hearing running. And they're like, man, we just jumped him in his nose. And sure enough, he came up there. and He stopped five foot from the private and uh, fence line. And they could have shot. But he said it. He's like, I just couldn't shoot knowing that it was going to jump that fence. And But uh, he, they never got done. But anytime where we could see cedar draws on private, that's where, I mean, all of, after, that's not even, I told Gunner, like, man, we're finding the best, you know, coming off private. And I was like, I feel bad, you know, hunting that. And I was like, but I am on the legal side doing legal things. But, well, uh, after the trip, like, we didn't talk a lot. We're up there. Like, we kind of told each other what we saw and service was bad. and Terrible service. Yeah. So uh, we didn't really talk a lot. But after the trip, we're talking. And uh, I was like, yeah, we're hunting cedar draws off off private and we're doing that's when we started watching more deer and he was like that's crazy because that's exactly the same way we were so oh we got a dude we got a doe stolen from us what Did I tell you that? no all right so, yes we went up to valentine and uh, there's a refuge um about 20 it's by the river it's by the river i went over there and talked to the biologist right there is it the one with like all the little random ponds and lakes? 
Oh, that's a different one. That's a little south of Valentine. Yes, we went to the one south. to the north. It'd be the northeast of Valentine. Okay. No, we went to the one south. Okay. And, uh, we, me and Kyle were like, man, we just want something down. Like, Kyle's like, dude, I'll buy another tag because you can do that here. And I was like, I really don't want to buy two tags. So, like, if we find one, I'll let you shoot it. And uh, so we noticed where these lakes go back. And it's probably two and a half miles off the road. We are trying to aim for like three or four miles off the road and uh, just kind of get in there and see what we could see and keep moving back. But this one's two and a half, but there was no roads around it. And uh, two lakes made the boundary and it kind of just pushed it back to this this thick, I mean, like I said, some stuff when you see in Oklahoma, you're like, oh, I'm going to be here during the rut type of deal. And Dude, we pop over this first hill. And uh, there's two deer, two does standing in front of this thicket, and uh, we're 120 yards. And uh, Kyle's like, "All right, let's let's crawl this other dune, get to the top. It'll be right there." He's like, "We'll see if we can see any big bucks in there. And uh, if not, I'll shoot a doe." And I was like, "All right." So we get up there, and uh, <laughs> we're sitting there watching two deer. Okay, and I'm telling you, this thicket's probably 20 yards by maybe another 20, maybe 25 yards. And uh, you can see all the way through it. Well, I thought anyways. I thought you could see all the way through it. So these two deer come out, and they take out the backside just walking. And uh, they get about 200 yards. I'm like, oh, man, I wonder what they're going to do. Well, then uh, a, a guy shoots, I mean, forever away. Like, we barely heard it. But as soon as he shot, these does come running back through the thicket, and 12 does come out this backside running at us. Oh and, my god! Uh, I'm videoing it. I have the video camera here, and I'm like, Kyle, shoot this doe. She stops at 30 yards, and I'm like, Kyle, Kyle, like, come on, what are you doing? I look over there. Well, he has my gun, and uh, sorry, I don't mean to keep hitting my table, but uh, oh no, you're good. He's trying to pull my hammer back, and uh, <laughs> for some reason, it jammed on him, and he couldn't get the hammer back on my gun. Well, it just wasn't closed. Like, I mean, I just grabbed it and just like just barely even moved it, and it snapped. And he, I handed it to him. At this point, that doe saw us, and she just took off. She was 30 yards looking the other way. Didn't even know we were mm. there. So uh, we're like, well, no, that's unfortunate. And uh, another 500 yards away, there's that word that gets back in there. And I was like, man, they ran back there. I bet we can get on them. We didn't scare them. So we walked back there, top this hill. It's uh, like 1.30. And we're like, all right, let's 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 eat and kind of glass this and be patient. And and uh, I, grab, I grab my snack, open it up. And at, the whole time I'm staring at the bottom of the cedar tree, and I'm like, man, that's a little dot there. Like, that's not a deer. It's like maybe it is, you know. And I kept, I was like, ah, oh, my eyes are playing games with me. No way, that's a deer because it should see us if we came over the hill. So we're eating there. Well, then all of a sudden I see it move, and I'm like, oh, geez, that's an animal at least. So I pulled up. Well, this doe's just laying there, and I have this all in footage. But uh, so I send Kyle up the hill, and. Uh, he could go up the hill and come down to her and uh she was behind a cedar tree and uh just bedded there but the way she was angled like i i, I don't even know really how she's angled to be honest and so he goes up and is there like as he's getting in like they're like he's like right here and she's right here and it's probably 300 yards but as they go in i'm zooming my camera he gets to 20 yards and message me he's like where is she and she's still just laying there. So I sent a picture of my camera screen. I'm like, dude, you're on her. Like, I don't know how you're not seeing each other right now. Well, the cedar trees were in the way. And uh, someone else shot again. She stands up, comes out. He shoots her. She rolls down the hill. And he's like, he puts his arms up, you know, and he's like, we got one. You got all this on footage? Yes. Oh, my God. She rolls down the hill and says, we got one. Or, he, you know, he's like, so he reloads real quick. And he texts me and said, she's just standing there. I'm going to shoot her again. He shoots her again. She goes, beds down. It's probably 30 minutes, and he's like, she's dead. Like, come on, get your stuff, come over here, and let's pack her out. He gets down to her, and, like, she's laying dead, like, on the side, head down. She jumps up and runs, dude. So uh, she runs right to the road. We're tracking her. We get to the road, and uh, she went right. And the truck was two miles left. So I was like, hey, you can, it was in the snow. I was like, you can track her. I'll, uh, I'll go get the truck. Well, Kyle tracks her. A truck comes pulling through from where, kind of the direction she went. Right, she hit the road and went to the other side. 
a truck stopped there and someone got out and tracked her. And uh, that truck, we talked to him later on it, and uh, they had a doe in the back. And uh, she had a shot in her neck where Cal first shot, a shot in her side where he shot the second time, and a, and a third shot. And they said that uh, they saw a doe come running down and bed down, so they went and shot her. And they were like, well, we have, we kind of have this on footage. Like, I think it's our doe, and here's her blood back here. And, and we start questioning, but they all go mute and like, they're like, we got to go. We got to get out of here. Like, uh, we got to leave tonight. We're from Wisconsin. We got to get out of here. And it started getting weird and hurrying and get out of there. And Kyle looked at me and, I, and he's like, dude, it's just a doe. Like, you know, like, he's like, I'm, and we, we called the game wards and all that and kind of told him the story and gave him the tag number and all that. But yeah, they jacked their deer. Where she was bedded down, there was drag marks all the way up to the road. What a bunch of weirdos. Weird, dude. It was, it was one of the weirdest situations I've ever been in. And, uh, it, I, and after seeing them, um, well, they also shot again before they left. And they're like, yeah, we saw another doe bedded over there. And, uh, they're like, but she had a broke back leg. And, uh, I was like, so where's she? I was like, oh, she's not in the back of your truck. And like, oh, she was, um, like rotten out. Like her legs are rotten out. So we went to look because if they just left her, you know, we were going to take her because, and, uh, no, dude, we went over there. Her back legs were rotten out. Like the smell, it was like gangrene, dude. It was so gross. Her back of her legs had a hole. You could see all of her insides. Ooh. And she was still alive. Her back legs were shot. Like one of them was shot and all crusted over, maybe from rifle season. Oh. Yeah. It was gross. You could see where she'd just been living in this little area in this thicket, and they happened to see her. But when I rolled her over and that smell hit, you uh, rolled her over while she was alive? No, they shot her. Oh, they they, they killed her and left her? Yeah. What? And that's why we went over there to see if they did that, because if that happened, we're going to tell the game wardens, like, hey, not only did they jack this doe from us, that we have on footage, they shot this other deer and left her. But uh, when we flipped her over, dude, I'm, it was the craziest thing. Under her legs, like, you could have fit a football in the hole that she had and that she oh. was still alive. Yeah. Dude, that's terrible. How desperate do you got to be? Like, I don't want to do that bad where I'm willing to put somebody else's in the back of my car. Yeah. But, uh, so we ended up talking to some other people and uh, they're from Wisconsin also. And, uh, we talked to them. Now we're friends with them. We have their numbers and all that. And, uh, they said they were out there all day and that same truck was driving those roads slow and they would jump out at weird points and like three people would get on the hill and the other two would get in the bottom and push thickets and, and they were just doing all so he said they shot and and no deer would run out. They didn't know what was going on. So they even called the game wardens. So it was they're, it was weird. It was really they're weird. They're doing that uh they're doing that Wisconsin deer drive bull crap. They're trying yeah. to do that on those thickets. Yeah. Those guys are like, man, those cheeseheads are making us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. You meet some some interesting folks from all over the place there. I, we met yeah. some people from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And there was a legit language barrier between us and them. Like, um, I was driving my truck, which obviously has Texas tags, and yeah. uh, they go, they were pulled up, and I was like, "Yeah, I think we." I was I was telling them, I was like, "I think I'm I was following your tracks this whole time." I was driving, they're like, "Those weren't our tracks," and I yeah. was like, "Oh, okay." And he, he was like, "Are you from Texas or is that a rental?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and, and I was like yeah no i drove and he's like wow like just like how you would expect a guy from minnesota to talk but like the first dude i could barely even speak to him like he couldn't hold a conversation at all he did not know what we were talking about and i was like all right i'll see you guys later (laughs) it was a weird interaction we saw some people from california you have to really desperate to drive all the way from california to nebraska which they probably thought what we thought like oh they have mule deer and whitetail 300 bucks like Surely we can go get one. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> it, oh, it is a trap. It's a freaking money trap. Those places have been beaten up so bad when we showed up. And oh. we got to, well, talking about that Northeast uh, Wildlife Refuge area, we thought there was going to be some places we could hunt in there. So we went up there and we pulled up to like a game ranger station to talk. And one of them was coming out. We were telling him about the place we were hunting south of Valentine. And he said, he said, yeah, I killed an antelope in there early season. He was like, that is not where I would be hunting. And I was like, why is that? And he's uh, like, 
he said, dude, opening day of rifle, we checked in 200 people on this place. And you think about it, you're like, oh, there's like 100,000 acres or something. There's only so many roads to drive in. Yeah. So it's like, okay, say there's eight, po- eight points you can drive in, eight access points from the main highway. There's 200 people using those eight access yeah. points. What are those deer going to do? Just leave. And yeah. so, like, yeah, he was like, dude, no. He said, it's been hunted archery. It's been hunted all of rifle. You know, you're already a week into muzzleloader by the time you're showing up. He's like, yeah. you're not going to see a deer. The only deer we saw, similar to what you were saying, was that big buck next to it was a cedar thicket, literally. And he knew where private was. It was funny about that buck that I almost shot at. One of our buddies was coming from a different direction, jumped him up out of one of those little cedar thickets. Oh. And he ran by me, stopped, was looking back. And he eventually, uh, when he like decided he was out of there, he ran directly on a private. He gets over the private fence and just starts walking. I'm like, yep. that dude knows. That guy knows exactly when he's over that fence, hunting quits. He's like, and, oh, freedom. <laughs> yeah, seriously, freedom. I mean, the whole time we saw one of our buddies, there was four of us, five of us. One of them saw a mule deer buck on this place. I never even saw a mule deer buck. The only mule deer I saw was driving probably two hours south of there. Um, and it was like two does on the side of the road. Yeah. And the amount, like the amount of habitat they have, you would think there'd be a lot more deer than there are. And it's probably not a good representation when we were hunting there because, because of how pressured it had been. I mean, two and a half yeah. months of hunting. I don't want to go hunting in my public spots right now. Yeah. So I can't imagine going and hunting somewhere else's, but well, it was tough. You know, I was like, I was, we were in, uh, uh we stopped at the Bass Pro and then even at the, we would hit these little gas stations up when we got done hunting just because we like to talk to people. Right. And, so we'd, and I don't know what, I don't know if they have townships or what they are, but every township up there had a gas station. So we would stop and uh, talk to the workers in there. And because uh, when we were going to Valentine's stuff, you know, they would talk to us, but they were really didn't, I don't know, none of them really hunted, I should say. But uh, we hit these smaller ones up. We're just talking to them. And this lady's like, yeah. Uh, we had a thousand acres to hunt and uh, me and my husband, after a week, after that full week of hunting, we decided to, on day six, just both shoot a doe because we couldn't see a buck. And what? Uh, that, that, yeah, on private, they're like, usually we shoot some pretty nice ones, but the last few years has been rough. And I was like, Oh man, like, well then that next day I shot that eight point and we stuck back in there and showed her and she was like, Oh my gosh. And she actually came outside and looked at it. So yeah, what'd she say about it? Like it was a big, like it was a uh, really was good like, buck. Uh, because uh, I was like, yeah, it's decent. She was like, oh no, she was like, I would have shot that one, honey. Sorry, what? Sorry. Yeah, she's like, oh, I would have shot that one, honey. And I was like, <sighs> man, you guys must be really having a rough time down here. Yeah, that's tough, dude. So, but I man. mean, every everyone we said. Now, I'll tell you another funny thing about Nebraska. So we pull across the border, Bass Pro uh, closes at ten. Um, 9 30 no one in the parking lot all right me and Kyle like man are they even open you know so I went up to the door and opened I could see people in there and I asked them they're like yeah we're open 30 minutes we need a couple things so we go in there and this little lady's just stalking and you can just tell she was like really surprised to see someone in there and and uh, she had kind of looked at us she's like can we help you and I was like well we just got to kind of get a bag and uh, you know maybe thermos and maybe a couple other things and we started talking to her and and uh, she's like, you guys are here to hunt. Obviously, what are you, are you hunting the whitetail or, or mule deer? And I was like, well, whatever we get, hopefully mule deer. And she asked us where we're hunting. We're like, we're going to Scott's Bluff. And she's like, boys, you better watch your back there. And I was like, like that many hunters, you know, she goes, she goes, nope. Uh, that's the number, number two place in, or no, number two or number one place in uh, Nebraska for, um breeding mountain lions really yep and i was like okay you know like i've caught myself tell some out-of-staters some scary stuff just to see if they are you know like, ah. well then yeah. we go back to this camo and i forgot my orange beanie so i'm looking for one and uh one of the most helpful guys i've ever met when i was up there and worked there and i wish i knew his name but uh, i remembered his name but he came up was talking to us and we told him and uh his story he went do you guys have a handgun? And uh, I was like, are you about to warn us about some mountain lions? And I was like, are you serious? Like, is this a serious thing? And he looked at me with a straight face and said, 
I am not joking right now. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, kind of like, oh man. He's like, uh, said, you're not supposed to carry in the state of Nebraska with a clip or a bullet. You, you know, they're supposed to be separate. You're not even supposed to carry in the debate. He said, but he goes, if it became life or death, I would be carrying in that unit you guys are going to. And we're like, holy cow. And no lie, the first day we go in there, when we're walking out on the path we walked out on, there's tracks coming in and out of that thing. Two two different sets of mountain lines. Really? And, uh, I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, like, there's some things in this world, like bears. Like, I'm not scared of really bears. Like, usually if you're smart and don't really act like a predator or you act like, you know, you're going to hurt them, they're going to back away in most situations. Mountain line, if you know they're there, they're – they're either on you or you're in a scary situation. They don't put up with much. I w- I'd be more worried about what scares me about a mountain lion is they don't really, uh, you're probably not going to know that they're there. Like a bear. Unless they're on you or you yeah. turn a corner and you're staring five foot away. I don't like the idea of something that's going to stalk me. That's about yes. you know, two foot off the ground that you're barely going to see coming through the grass until it's on you, taking you out. And they're getting your neck. It's the first thing they go for. Yeah, I'm not playing with a big cat like that. No. Hell my, no. One of my favorite vid- videos I laugh at is that guy that was hiking. and In that situation, I've been nervous. He's like, I'm a big, scary man. <laughs> Are you talking about the dude with the pistol? Yeah. The one that shoots the mountain lion in the face? Oh, no, no, no. This guy doesn't have a pistol. He's walking. He's throwing rocks. He came around the corner and saw the mom and, like, two cubs. And he's just out exercising. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm a big, scary man. You don't want me, like... I'm not going to be a good meal. And he's, you know, he's throwing rocks or throwing rocks at her. And like, she's like coming up, like brawled up running, like sideways hissing at him. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, not today. Not today. And, and uh, I was like, so when we saw those tracks, I was walking and I said, I was like, I'm a big man. You don't want <laughs> There's another video of a dude, uh, one at like Colorado? 10 yards. Yeah, I think so. He's got his pistol and he's like, don't. And he's like, yeah talking to it he's like don't move and then it yeah. like lunges at him he shoots it right in the face he's like yeah. i just shot it in the face yeah <laughs> i was like dude that's terrifying because he's scary. sitting there talking to the mountain lion and it's like yeah like getting progressively more pissed off i'm like i'm not messing with a cat like that dude he's a bigger man than me i'd have been like bop <laughs> yeah there, there's also another one have you seen it where the guy's like unloading his camper and he has like a young, it looks like a chocolate lab, maybe black lab, and then a ye- old yellow lab. And this guy's driving by in a dump truck and sees this mountain lion. It's a young kitten coming down the hill, and it turns and just goes and jumps on that old lab. That guy comes, oh, no. that guy comes out with a hatchet, and to kill it is best basically severs its head while it's still biting his dog. Oh my God! There's a and video of that. Video of going, oh my! Oh my! Uh. I don't mess mountain lions. I will not mess with. But like when we go to Colorado, you know, like we joke about stuff like that. And uh, some I won't say names. I don't make them embarrassed. But some people are scared of some of animals more than others up there. So yeah. I make jokes. And if one of us goes and use the restroom in the night, we make a little screech noise like a mountain lion, and it freaks this other person out. So, oh my uh, gosh! But you know, bears. I'm not. Not really timid. I, I should say black bears. Let me clear that up. Yeah. Black bears, they're just like a big raccoon in my eyes. They're just would rather want something sweet and go on their happy day. And, and uh, I don't – mountain lions. Mm-mm. Yeah. We actually get a lot of pictures on public of bear in southeast Oklahoma. So I've seen pictures of them. And I'm not – I mean, like there's some 350, probably 400-pound bears. And I'm just like, mm, if I see one of those, I, I mean – I don't know how I deal with it, but it doesn't really scare me that much to be no. out there. If I was getting pictures of mountain lions, I'd be like, no, I'm not playing yeah. that. Absolutely yeah. not. No. So Nebraska, uh, at least you actually got it done, though. You yeah. actually got it done in Nebraska. You guys persevered. I was kind of wanting to get home. but So I'm glad somebody that I know got it done, though. Yeah, we talked to – so we know your group that went, um, me and Kyle, uh, Gunner, and our two buddies, the guys from Wisconsin, and then they had a friend group. And mm-hmm. out of the five of us, I'm that I know I'm the only one that shot a buck. And the other ones were like, when I showed a picture, like, oh, we would have shot that. And, and I mean, he's not huge, he's 80 inch eight point, but his right. body, 
Man, we got 20 pounds of meat off each uh, back leg. Pretty big body deer. Yeah. Body was huge. But, uh, you know, like I said, his rack over here, you know, when we're hunting, you just kind of look at this deer and they're like, oh, two or three more years. It's been great. But when it's eat $300 tag soup or take some home, I had to take one down. Nebraska's bringing that upon themselves, though. It's like, you know that you're going to open up a massive amount of like demand by people coming to like a nice over the counter state. It's cheap. You know, you can get there from a lot of different places, the West, yeah. the East or the South and a lot of probably the North too. And that's just the mentality when you get out there and there's no freaking animals. I would have shot like it's telling you, you you're talking about shooting at a spike, your buddy. I, I would have shot a doe or a spike or yeah, a well, point. Gunner them shot a doe in the last day. I mean, she was, uh, she's been one of those does that was with that buck and, and uh, she came out and it started snowing and he was down in the draw and looked like he was going to come out and he disappeared for two hours and it started getting dark. And, and uh, one of our buddies looked at Gunner and was like, man, like she's Nilly over dough? here. Yeah. Oh, and that's like, sick. She's over here and broadside, like 180 yards. He's like, she's looking kind of good now. And uh, so he smacked her and, then when they when they shot her, the buck came up to the fence. Gunner said and like looked around, like what was that, and then went back down and bedded down. Just he was just chilling on private. Yeah. They're smarter than I than I give them credit for. Oh, absolutely, man. I I know, like when I hunt, I mean, uh, public here, uh, the little bit I have, I've only done it for about two seasons. I've ever hunted on public, and uh, I. I kind of knew, like, I was like, yeah, you know, these deer are kind of smart. You know, they kind of, but man, after Nebraska, I have so much more respect. Yeah. Like, it, the fact that they know a fence line, which they, you know, they probably don't know it's a fence, but they're like, oh, this thing we jump on one side, we get hammered at, like it's World War II, this side, nothing, you know? And yeah. It's crazy. But I, I'm still amazed they crossed it at some points, you know? Because on that yeah. river spot, if they stayed on the river, they never had to cross to, to public. Yeah, I wonder why they even do it at all then. I mean, I, I wouldn't be entering the war zone every day, getting smacked up. Like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. How'd your, uh, how'd your Oklahoma season, and I guess it's not over, but uh, are you planning on hunting anymore in Oklahoma with your bow? So uh, I was gone in December for... 17 days and uh during the 17 days we got hit with a little bit of cold spell and uh the deer hammered my food so i kind of ran out of uh corn but my my food plots are still looking good but i can't really see what's there because they you know two i have anywhere from two acre food plots to eight or nine acre food plots so uh i got everything refilled um we're doing a lot of trapping this year. Me and Gunner uh, have noticed a huge increase in bobcats. And uh, so we're going to trap a little bit, but uh, I'm going to kind of watch my cameras. And if something pops in there, you know, and he's going to make a mistake, I'm going to go in there. But uh, I'm going to try to lay, hang low. I got a lot of uh, um, like next year deer, You're like, oh, next year. And uh, yeah. so I'm going to try to stay out there and not really push them around. They've been on camera several times. Um, Gunner, I mean, me and Gunner had abs two absolute studs. I mean, I've sent, I sent you a picture of the one I was after. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I sent the video and picture to you of Gunner's. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you did. And uh, we were very fortunate this year. Um, and uh, we had those, I mean, we both harvested great deer. Um, Kyle this year, he did, he had a tough year with traveling, so he didn't hunt as much. Um, but Oklahoma was great. Uh, I wish I could have shot that deer. Uh, I wish I could have shot that double drop. But uh, for when I got him, very blessed. My biggest today, archery buck. Um, he was number two or three biggest on the property. Last year he came in as a – I might destined you that picture. Of the last year of him? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe you have. I've seen so many dude, pictures. He's like a 110, 115. Like, oh, yeah, you told me. You said, yeah. uh, dude, the jump this deer made, you won't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so seeing that and seeing a deer that, you know, that I, that I've worked for and uh, put in some, a lot of time for 
really paid off. But Oklahoma is great to us. But I mean, 2021 personally, like our personal lives, you know, through COVID, just some stuff that happened in my life really wasn't a great year. But mm-hmm. then our hunting aspect, I mean, we put a damper on some animals and had a great time. So I can't complain there. I mean, Top of my top of my head, I mean, we shot seven bucks um, as a group. Uh, four pronghorn. Um, Tanner Rust went to Alaska, shot two blacktail axis deer. So that's pretty neat. That's a you know kind of lifetime bucket list hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gunner pulled off the old Gunner, uh, good luck and killed an axis deer or yeah an axis deer in oklahoma not axis what am i thinking uh fallow was it a fallow buck yeah fallow i don't know why i said axis but tanner russ and his brother did go to uh, hawaii and kill two axis bucks that's probably where i got that this year also and then uh no that was last year my bad and then gunner kills that fallow escape fallow deer in oklahoma how far did that deer end up traveling to be on his place uh, i think two miles it was from a high fence yeah so uh this high fence around us only does fallow and pig hunts and uh weird combination yeah but they're also some of the cheapest animals you can get for high fence why are they selling pig hunts on high fence you can i don't know just just feral hogs the people whatever they want to pay up there come cut it half and come visit me i mean i'll let them go out you know but uh seriously yeah. yeah 2021 was great as a group, I mean, uh, the, our camera skills aren't the best yet, but uh, that's a different topic. Dude, we're, I'm, I'm with you. I'm still I'm still trying to figure all that out. I mean, well, self-filming's tough, too. When you go to Alaska and, and uh, you don't have any electric and it starts raining and get cold, your power sources kind of go downhill fast. So Alaska was rough on – or was it rough on rust? Actually, his camera broke up there. Um, me and Gunner got both of our kills on video. Uh, he got we got the fallow deer. Uh, what else? We got a couple other things: uh, turkey and the pronghorn. That I wonder I, some I, of those videos going to come out. Man, I would like to say, like, oh, here's our schedule, but. I have them all. They're just missing like two things. And then I got, I got you to get me hooked up with that intro video from your buddy. You're right. So I got that finally. And, uh, I just need, I just need a day to sit down and finish them and we could pop them out. Um, I'm hoping I'm going to have one out before January ends. I'm hoping to have two out. That will probably be my deer. Uh, I'm trying to do it in the order of the way we harvested them to kind of like keep an update of season. So my deer would be first. Uh, Gunner's pronghorn's already up. Then we had my deer, and then uh, it'll be a fallow. And Gunner's deer, I think, is the order. So that'll be tight. So for people that want to connect with you guys, watch your videos. Where can they do that on on YouTube? Uh, just out our page is out at Outdoor Defiance. So uh, yeah, we don't have same any same on Insta and Facebook and everything. Yep. Well, cool. I had fun. We need to, we should do this again semi regularly. Yeah. We should, uh, like, like I said, uh, I always kind of want to do it, but time is an issue when you're in college still. So, uh, yeah. And I edit all of our videos. So I kind of run out of time, but I'll be done in May. But I think we can talk about a lot of stuff that, uh, we have in common and, yeah. That's what, you know, even, I've when I was me and Gunner thought about doing it, and for some reason you know some random topics hit my head. And I think a cool topic would be to get like a topo of a 160, and to be like, what would you do if this was your new lease? You know, stuff like that, like you know, or how how we think we grow our deer, and I don't know. I'd like to get some of you all's perspective on that. Um, yeah, kind of mine. My, I've been sort of sporadic on like private parcels. Like you guys have a long standing, uh, you guys have a lot of like experience on a single piece Absolutely. and kind of seeing it 
evolve or over a long period of time and implementing your management strategies and stuff. I think that'd be cool to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if it's a top secret from us, so we'll be happy to share. Yeah. Maybe get your Onyx pens and just get people asking permission and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) Uh, Front picture and back picture of my debit card and my social, right? Exactly. Exactly. Hey guys, appreciate the listen to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. 